Welcome to episode 17 of Ear to the Streets podcast with myself, T-Dot. Today I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, first overseas guest that I've had on the podcast. Um, I don't know what to call you, rapper, <laughs> reggae artist, I don't know, but um, Jonathan yeah. Emil, welcome. How, how are you doing? T-Dot, thank you for having me. You know, it's um, We've been going back and forth, chopping it up on, on Twitter for a while now, and I uh, you know, it's good that uh, we finally get to speak face to face. You know, I wish yeah, it could be 100%. in person, but I'm good. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just a creator, um, musician, creator. Um, I like to, you know, call myself an entrepreneur too. But you know, it's just just going through life, figuring it out, and and trying to be a, a good person and and bring bring good things, good creations into the world and do good. Mm. So that's that's me. You know. Yeah, hundred percent. I hear that. I hear that. And I wanted to to start this one, this episode, um, if we can, by taking it all the way back, early, early, Jonathan, um, introducing yourself into music and and what those influences were and how you got into music. Um, what was that journey like for you to start the the career in music? Oh wow. Um, yeah, it's a good question. Um. I think uh, a lot of it has to do with my uh, my parents and and the way that I was brought up um, to see uh, music as a part of um, you know not only my uh, my cultural heritage but a part of you know um, a part of the community a part of uh, bringing uh, people together from from all around the world all different stripes and everything so I was just raised mm. with really good music in the house you know my parents mm. uh, had a range for everything from Bob Marley to Pavarotti to mm. John John Lennon to Nina Simone and mm. they just really I have to credit them with really just exposing me to um, mm. some incredible music and then I had my older sister and there's there's like a um, there's like an eight year gap between us. So she was right. like educating, um, educating me on what's new uh, and what was hot at the time. You know, she gave me Busta Rhymes as my first, um, 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 ta- uh, you know, like she gave me like an old cassette by that tape. Cassettes were already mm-hmm. phased out, but like, I, I like, she gave me all her old cassettes to listen to. And I, of course I played them out, you know, until mm-hmm. the, the cassette player died and the cassette died, you know, um, <laughs> that was like the early time and, and, and just, you know, singing, you know, singing in choir, singing in church. Um, mm-hmm. That was a big part of my upbringing, too, in Montreal. And, uh, you know, I always loved music and I loved um, poetry when I was getting into my teens and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it's you know, in um, secondary school or high school, you know, we, we just, you know, you just drop a freestyle or do whatever, whatever. And then, you know, I started to fall in love with it, but it really didn't take hold until... Um, um, I got sick, you know, I was diagnosed with um, a life-threatening cancer, um, very low survival right, okay. chance rate. And and um, by that time, I was like very good at writing. I always excelled in school mm-hmm. and writing. And during that time, I really just let myself fall in love with it and use it as a way to to express myself and to organize my thoughts and to, to, to face mm-hmm. the challenge of going through, through cancer. And so multiple surgeries, you know, over a year and a half of chemotherapy and radiation and stuff. And wow. through that whole time, it was really music that, that um, helped me lift myself up, 
help me communicate, mm-hmm. but help me, um, you know, survive. I think, you know, there's all types of therapies and, and, and health stuff that you can do. But uh, I think um, on the mental side and the spiritual side, it was really music was the real therapy. So I made myself a promise that, you know, if I got through it after that, I would I would just mm-hmm. continue to um, to do music and to to share this love that I found. But not only that is, you know, you know, uh, communicate my thoughts and ideas and tell people, you know, push out positivity. You know, so whether I do hip hop or reggae music or R&B or soul, like there's like a, a positivity um, factor to it, you know, to uplift mm. people and to help people get through struggle. Because, you know, we all we all we all have to face face struggles in our lives. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to find that encouragement or motivation. So that mm. was my that was my intro to to being a musician to music. It was very much sociological and spiritual and poetic and um, I've, I've just continued that, you know, and I, and I never look back and I love it. And I love it still to this day. Uh, yeah, 100%. I, I didn't know that about you. So um, around ha- having cancer and you know, surviving it is, a, is an achievement in itself. Um, you know, I think, you know, like you said, the, the survival rate in any cancers is 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 very low, you know, and, and to be one of the few um you know, I don't know statistics. I'm not. I'm not a stats guy, but I just know that you know, cancer is a big thing in, in especially like you know, um, uh, sort of Jamaican heritage and and a black black yeah. heritage. You know, so it's a big thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know that. So, um, congratulations yeah. on obviously surviving that, and you. you know, and uh, for that type of cancer that I have, the survival the survival rate was quite low. I mean, like uh, it was a pediatric cancer, and I got it when I was around eighteen. And, uh, mm. you know, the survival rate was 10%, um, you know, wow, at okay. the time. So, um, you know, there was, it, I, it wasn't given, it wasn't um, guaranteed that I would make it through, you know, and mm. that sort of informed, it still informs how I interact and act with people. At the time, mm. it sort of, well, it definitely killed my sort of idea of immortality. I know, I know when I was much younger, like, you know, I wasn't thinking about death or like long-term planning mm. or whatever. I was At just that age, like, you, you don't. Know, no, you, you mm. just feel like you're immortal. Like and nothing can hurt you, nothing can phase you. You know, you're very like, you're you taking risks and stuff. And and it just sort of like gave me a different perspective very early in life. So, yeah. And um, I'm just, I'm just grateful to be here. And like, whenever I get, you know, you know, riled up or frustrated or whatever, I just have to remember, okay, you know, relax. You, know, you went through that. Mm. Yeah, put things in perspective. So it gives me that perspective with all the challenge that I have to face, you know, day to day, year to year, mm. whatever. So so would you would you say, um, obviously taking yourself back when you was eighteen, that was when the um the writing process for you, that's where you picked it up and, and you developed that love for for the music and then obviously you mentioned some of the the influences and I'm assuming I can add sort of like a Peter Tosh or a, a Barry's yeah. Hammond or Freddie that's McGregor right. to that kind of, yeah. So them kind that's, of, um, that's the vibe. I mean, that was like, you know, you had like the, the religious scripture, it, you know, like, mm. like that you go to church for, but then that was like, whoosh, that was like some next level cultural <laughs> and spiritual strip, you know, like, you know, mm. those, those gentlemen, those people um, were really had an influence on, 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 on me in a profound way. And to be able to, you know, make music and sort of carry the legacy that they, they, they set forth is like, mm-hmm. I take that as a serious responsibility, but at the same time, it's like such a, you know, it's just a, it's such a, 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 
a pleasure to just be live in that space and to continue in that space and do the best that I can, you know? Yeah, 100%. And um, I believe, is it your, your mother that's from Jamaica? Your your father was or is from America? Is that correct? Yeah, so um, my mom is from Jamaica, from Sav and Westmoreland. That's mm-hmm. not far from Negril. Um, and um, mm-hmm. my my dad is, you know, mixed uh, black American. Um, his family's okay. from Mississippi originally. And uh, his mom was uh, French Canadian, so of French descent. So he was like mm-hmm. a biracial time and in a, in a biracial child in a crazy time. And um, yeah, so those are the two yeah, sides crazy. of me. So I ended up growing, growing up in Montreal, uh, Canada, but traveling back to Jamaica, frequently and you know and i mean mm-hmm. toronto and montreal are pretty close together in, in north yeah. american standards so i grew up in between all those places yeah yeah i remember taking me back a bit now as well because my mum was from jamaica as well so right, you know, i used yeah. to as a kid i used to uh, she was from maypen clarendon that kind of right all right yeah yeah, so I have a cousin, I a used good to friend whose family is from Maypen. Maypen. Also, you've been you've been a, uh, many times, or you've been some. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I haven't been for for a while, obviously, especially now with yeah. all the madness that we're going through. But um, yeah, it t- takes me back to my childhood. And my nan, my nan and granddad used to live live there as well, so we used to always stay with them and just wicked. Obviously living in England and the cultures, the difference of um, the culture in England and the culture in Jamaica are completely different. And I assume that might be the same for yourself when you're traveling from Toronto and Jamaica, the, the two just don't really go hand in yeah, hand. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's very different. There's definitely a, one, a weather shock, you know, <laughs> I would say it's even more extreme than going from London to uh, Jamaica, but there's mm. also definitely a culture shock. But you know, every place has a different rhythm and a different um vibration and and uh you know there's beauty in all places, but um it, I really cherish being able to go back to Jamaica and you know, my mm-hmm. uh, my grandma still uh lives there. Um and I have family there as well. So yeah, it's um it's good. It just gives you a duality, you know, two sides of yourself and um um, mm-hmm. you, you hear that on some of my earlier work, just trying to figure out, you know, where I fit into everything. When my first project was called The Lover Fighter. And mm-hmm. um, I sort of gave like two sides, two sides to the coin, two sides to the to the person mm-hmm. or to the um, experience. Yeah. 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 I wanted to touch on uh, the, the Lover Fire EP because I think that's the first, even though we connected very later on. I remember... I'm pretty sure that was early 2009, probably around then. Yeah, that's another lifetime ago, yeah. (laughs) But I remember, and this is before I knew um, of your your heritage, so I didn't know your mother was from Jamaica or was from Jamaica. So Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a song on there called Babylon is Fallen, I think. And that is very... So so tell me, you've been following me since, since that album or did you... Has it been that long that you've been you 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 knew about me or because yeah that was because when, like yeah, go that's on, go early, on. early early that's early you and I think then because I was heavily into American sort of Canadian artists yeah. and growing up as well I wasn't the the music in in the UK hasn't been as good as it is I would say now so a lot of people growing up from the UK were always looking for new artists to listen to from overseas. So yeah. I remember that EP only because it had the the, the tune. There was a, a a song on there called "Babylon Is Fallen." Wow. There was another song on there 
called um that fire is it called that fire yeah yeah so that was that so this is where which now makes sense because you explained it to me but this makes sense because that fire was very more the hip-hop side and babylon is fallen is more your your reggae sort of roots roots yeah yeah and that kind of makes sense to me now because you you almost like you said you were kind of trying to find yourself in terms of that ep and the direction you were you were going to go in as well um so yeah, that makes sense to me now when when you say that. But I've been for I follow a lot of people. People are surprised when they find out how long I've been following them. Yeah, <laughs> that's wild. You know, <laughs> it's not every day because you know even the song Babylon is falling, right? So, um, mm. I actually on my latest album I brought that song mm-hmm. back and I revisited mm. it. You know, um, remixed mm. it, rearranged it, um, and uh, I even put out a, um, a remix with Maxi Priest. And he's yes, on the, yep. the, the newest version. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that if there's any song that really talk, uh, you know, uh, you know, sort of encapsulates my entire journey, it's Babylon is falling, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't have that many, like, well, maybe that's not true, but I, that particular song has a longevity, um, that, and it's always well received, like when I perform it and when people hear it, um, and that really is the duality in one song. You know, you have the roots mm-hmm. reggae and then there's like a, a, a hip, a hip hop verse in the middle of it, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. um, that's crazy that you've been following me for that, for this long. So you, yeah, you got the inside yeah. track. You might be like, you know, one of the thought leaders on Jonathan Emile's career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. No, I, 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 the thing with me is I listen to too much music. I think that's my problem. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it gets hazy as well. Sometimes I, forget dates of when I listen to things and, and when they're from. But um, I, I wanted to talk briefly and very briefly around um, the the collaboration for um, the song that you did with Kendrick Lamar, Heaven oh, Help yeah. Them. Yeah. And I want to talk about it because um, not for those reasons, for what I suppose you've had to discuss in the past, but because of the, the context and the, mm-hmm. the reason behind the song. Because I feel like it's still, um, I think that would have been 2011, 12. So you're talking nearly 10 That's years right. ago. And it's still relevant today in terms of what is happening in obviously overseas and even in England as well. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on how, before we move on around the issue around which you resolved the issue around the song but what's your thoughts on the fact that 10 years later we're still having to to talk about and discuss things like you know the song that you made well i mean i'll I'll say two things because one thing is is um it's about perspective right like we we we, um Mm -hmm. you know i brought that up a little bit before but um you have to put things in perspective and um two i think the second thing is really about um resilience okay so the song is, of course, unfortunately, um, still very much relevant. And in fact, when I put it out, it wasn't really on trend to talk about um, black issues and address things like police brutality in such a direct and frank way. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure that had implications on um, the way that the song was rolled out, received, and the way that people, you know, whatever unfolded, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't know. I'm gleaning. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm just 
hypothesizing, yeah. but I'm sure that had an yep. impact. So the first thing is about perspective. And it's like, look at our parents and, and, and grandparents. I mean, I'm sure your, your parents are part of that wind rush generation or your grandparents at yep. least. Um, my grandmother, um, you know, was part of that great, uh, migration towards, towards, uh, Canada and America that a lot of Jamaicans went through at the same time that a lot of our mm-hmm. family, I mean, I have family in, in, in Brixton and England all over. Um, yeah. So look at the challenges that they faced, you know, um, mm-hmm. all things considered, things are getting better, you know? Um, it, it seems very difficult at time to admit that, but, you know, I'd rather live now than, than then, you know, we have a different set of challenges mm-hmm. and a different reality, but, um, how do we face them? At least we have the opportunity mm-hmm. to make songs about it that can be heard by the whole world. We have a new set of allies and a new set of, of people who, um, if they're not supporting us, um, in the streets or in, in, in the courtrooms or in, in the parliaments, you know, at least um, they are supporting us morally. Right. So mm. all that work that our, our, our parents and grandparents did in America and Jamaica and, and UK and Canada, you know, that has had an impact all over the world, not just those yeah, places, yeah. but this is my context. You know? yeah. So that's one thing about perspective. And the other thing is about resilience, right? Um, mm. It's, it's telling because, we expect things to happen so fast. And for us, for me, as young people, you know, 10 years is a long time. That's like 10 iPhones ago, mm. you know? It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's, it's a long yeah. time. Uh, we live in a world and a culture where, you know, you put out a song and like, oh, it's eight months ago. Oh, that song's old now. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, whereas that that's a new that's a new thing. It hasn't been like that. Uh, this is this is completely like a, a new reality. So in terms of resilience, it's like, look, I never expected, you know, police brutality to be resolved in 10 years after 400 years of slavery and I don't know how many years of like uh, of racial apartheid and injustice. I mean, these are yeah. these are things that are connected. Like we we have work to do still, you know, work where I work. And, and when I was talking to Maxi um, about this when we were writing Babylon's Falling, you know, it's like mm-hmm. a torch. Because it's like generation after generation, like we cannot assume that this is going to be done in our in our lifetime, you know. And it's unfortunate mm. that you know we don't have the equality and the and the the, the parity with um, people who just have a different skin tone and a different culture than us. But mm. we have to know that you know there's still work to do. When everything is you know turnkey and available online, and you can get it in ten seconds. You know, mm. the pace of technology and the pace of our desires don't move at the same pace that society moves. And that's why we can't, mm. you know, we can't give up on the black church or give up on the on, on the activist movements or give up on the organizing because there's still work to be done if we're going to maintain our gains, maintain our freedoms that we've earned, that we've fought for, you know, and mm. still work to do to get to a place where like, look, our kids, you know, all the youths that are coming up right now they will be in a better situation than we were. And we're in a better situation than our parents and our grandparents and great grandparents who were slaves. You know what I mean? Um, so that's mm-hmm. it. You know, that's, that's, you know, perspective and, and resilience. We just have to keep on. And, and that's what a lot of my music is about. That's what heaven helped them is about. That's what Babylon is fallen is about. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, the stories have to be 
have to be told, have to be reiterated, have to be remixed mm. so people can understand that, you know? Keep it, keep, keep pushing it and keep moving this, this, the narrative as well. That's um, it, come on. Yeah. And I feel like it's such a, it's such a meaningful song. And like you say in, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, that song's still going to have relevance. I believe that as well. You know, I don't I think, mean, like you yeah. say, it's not going to be resolved overnight, is it? No, it, it can't be, you know, and you know, mm. trends, trends come and go, but you know, the, the, the drum that we beat towards justice, Tago Guan, you know, we've been beating this drum mm. since, you know, since the first, the first ships left from West Africa to go to the Americas, you know, um, mm. it's the same 100%. drum that the, that the, that the, um, that the indigenous people in Canada and the U S have been beating, you know, just like the drum of, mm. you know, self-determination and justice, you know, and, you know, and and for me, that's a big part of the music that I make. You know, it's not the entire mm. part of the music. I mean, I make music about love. I make music about turning yeah, up. Yeah. I make music about you know, um, but I like to explore the full range of emotions and not just in reggae. You know, um, people think mm. when I since I dropped the reggae album that it's like, oh yeah, he's a reggae artist now. But I have two full hip hop albums yeah. sit, sitting. You know, I'm just shopping them around. You know. Um, to, mm-hmm. to some different labels and distributors and seeing, okay, which move I, am I going to make? But that's still a huge mm-hmm. part of me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that as well. That's, that's, that's something that I think the versatility that you've got there to, to be able to maneuver in different rooms, you know, you can go in a hip hop room, you can go in a reggae room, you know, no artist should box himself in regardless. And, and I feel like that happens quite a lot. Um, and, and like I say about the, the, the record, um, heaven help them. It's such a powerful song. It's um, it's a shame that people always discuss the the other side of it in terms of, um, you know, Kendrick and his his team trying to mm-hmm. to get the song taken down for whatever reason. But you had to legally challenge that, and and you you won that challenge, I believe. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, I just went and I told the story, and I gave them an opportunity mm-hmm. to say their story, and. The outcome mm-hmm. is the outcome. And the reason is, um, well, not the reason, but uh, the outcome of, of that process was that I was able to say, okay, um, I'm an integral person. You know, I did things mm-hmm. the way that they should be done. And now let's move on. You know, let's grow mm-hmm. from it because it's very mm-hmm. clear, clear who is my, you know, people get adversary and enemy mixed up. You know what? Mm-hmm. You know, Mandem, you know, all them people them who I had to deal with, they're not my enemies. They're just like my adversaries. Mm. We just had a disagreement and we move on from mm. it. And Keep the it focus moving. needs to be on what we need to do, you know, as as, mm. as the I, the I and I, you know, what we need to do to get to the next step, to to to, mm-hmm. to, to get that freedom and get that unity. And that's what the focus needs to be on. And that's what the song is about mm. ultimately. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, I think when I go back to... 2018 and I think this is when we connected socially on sort of uh Twitter and we 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 started talking about you were talking about the music you was bringing out and I remember listening to um Phantom Pain oh, at that time yeah. and yeah so that to me that so we can go back to the the, the lover yeah. and um the, that that EP but the Phantom Pain was, well, I remember, I remember, I think I messaged you actually. I'm sure this is when I messaged you and said, listen, this body of work here. Yeah, this is, this is going to go down as, as, as classic. 
timeless because you can put it on today. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, it's only, it's what, three, four years old, three years old, four yeah. years old. Yeah. And it still listens. It sounds like a record you recorded two weeks ago, three weeks ago. It's that timeless, <laughs> you know, it's going to hold its, it's going to hold its, its weight in gold, you know? So mm. I think, yeah, just talk me through the project, how, how it came together, um, the collaborations on there. How, how did that all mm. come about? Yeah. So, um, Phantom Pain was, um, you know, uh, it gets a little, a little darker, you know, on, on Love of Fighter was very mixed emotions. And then on Phantom Pain, I just, the, the, the rhythms, the, the instrumentals, the beats are a little bit darker. Everything's more muted. And, um, instead of going towards international cap, uh, collaborations, I sort of tried to find, um, not find, but emphasize people, you know, from where mm-hmm. I'm from, you know, um, from, from the mm-hmm. hoods, the neighborhoods and the, um, and the city where, where I grew up. And I like to do mm-hmm. back and forth, like a little bit of, of, of mix of that, you know, because, well, because it, it brings, you know, brings, uh, it generates different inspiration, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that project, the whole idea of it was, you know, was like trauma, you know, and, and losing a mm. part of yourself, losing a part of your innocence. And then, and then how do you, how do you grapple with that as things evolve? And mm. I've always been obsessed with, you know, making music that will last, that stands up over time, but also yeah. um, adapting to, or seeing the curve and seeing where the trends and mm. where the, where the, where the music is going, you know, um, and trying to be on the curve, but keep that content content strong, you know. Mm. Um, mm. So the whole process was I, I I just spent time finding the the, the, the instrumentals or the working with producers um, who um, who could set a mood, set a tone for exactly like where I was in my life at that time. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, a time where I'm figuring it out and figuring out you know loss. Uh, figuring out uh, defeat, um, figuring mm-hmm. out, uh, um, or just expressing where I stood politically and, and and socially, and putting it all putting it all into a way where it's like, you know, this could this could last, yeah, yeah. this this you know. Uh, so Phantom Pain, yeah, I just went back to the roots. I went back to the neighborhoods and the producers and the, and the engineers and the people that I had know come up with and i'm like okay mm-hmm. i did this international thing let's get back to it and then as i continue i i you know i, I just carry the squad carry the people my my the collaborators the people who i appreciate i still carry them on with me like uh, you know a man who i recorded stuff for the lover fighter on like t- like a lot of the songs he's still in the fold and he's working on this mm-hmm. next project which is called wilderness um, okay. that I just finished mac- uh, mixing and mastering. And that's sort of like a direct continuation of Phantom Pain. So you'll get, you'll get that next, mm. that next look real soon. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Cause I think on Phantom Pain, um, you know, we've got songs like Where We Go, um, Viva Fidel, um, Heart that's of right. an Enemy, you know, those yeah. kind of songs stand out for me in that project because I feel like they're, 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 yeah, they're timeless songs, man. You can put them on, today and they sound like they're just recorded literally and if we're getting a part two of that i'm looking forward to it so um have you got a release date for, for that or uh, no 
No, I don't have a release nope. date, but you know, since you're since you're ear to the streets, I think that I might give you a, a little preview of of that, so you could just you could listen to it and then yeah, be like, resonate wow, and, and wait, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, mixed and mastered, and just like it's in the fridge for now. I'm just you know, we're gonna Ready put to it drop. out soon. I do have to say, the first time that you reached out to me, I was really confused because um, T dot is is a, is a name for Toronto, right? Canada. Yeah, like you know, abbreviation like, is people listen, them call I've it T dot, and I was just like, yo, like I was like, oh, just some someone <laughs> from Toronto, you know, and then like, and then we started talking. I'm like, where, wait, where, where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> I've had it before. I've had people message me and say, like, are you from Toronto? I was like, no, no, no. And I think, I think as well, there's another artist called T dot because people right. confuse me with another artist. Um, I think he, yeah, he's from the south though. He's from, yeah, he's from, he's from, I think he's from like. Georgia or Virginia I don't know like he's from the US or some, something like that but like yeah and uh, I was just like I thought I was like okay is he from Toronto oh no is it the artist no 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 <laughs> but then anyways yeah yeah yeah. no I get that a lot man I got not as much as I used to but I still get people like yeah thinking I'm someone else or I'm from Toronto and I'm like no no just from a, a guy from England using the name <laughs> T-Dot and it was, I didn't even realize that's what it meant as well I didn't know that it had any reference to to, to um, Toronto until I googled it and then found out so yeah crazy um, <laughs> but I wanted to talk about you just mentioned then about putting your album in the fridge and letting it cool off a little bit um, so talk me through um, spaces in between which I feel like is the the moment you kind of sort of stepped over more so um you know, we've had like tasters on your albums of the, the mm. reggae direction that you wanted to go in at some point. And I feel like Spaces In Between is very much that kind of project and that body of work that as yeah. a listener, for me, I've always wanted to hear from you. So just talk us through that process. Um, well, what, what could I say about that? It's, I mean, look, it was a long process because I wrote like the real first iteration of that album um, at the same time when I was writing uh, Phantom Pain. But I put it, right. you know, I put it in cold storage for a little bit uh, because I I didn't, you know, to do roots roots reggae, you you, you can't, you have to do it right, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, mm. You know, a lot of music are are commercial based, you know, especially in hip hop, it's all commercial based mm. and it's it's trend and it's you know, oh the bars, like what bars that you know you know, um, but roots is like is a deeply um, cultural, deeply spiritual, deep, deeply humanitarian type of music. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and just getting the right rhythms, um, uh, the right melodies uh, is is like so important. And doing that mm. for the first time as, you know, a, a Jamaican Bonafarin, you know, not mm-hmm, mm. growing up in Jamaica, not having it as it's a part of me. It's not my entirely. So to do it yeah. honor, to do justice and to be able to like sort of walk in the shadow of the people we, you know, Peter Tosh and, uh, and Freddie McGregor and Jimmy Cliff and, and, Bear, and mm-hmm. all these guys, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I had to be very, you know, very, I'm, I'm, I'm really much more concerned about the legacy because unlike a lot of other musics, reggae hasn't been, exploited or commodified the way that all of you know a lot of soul mm. music and hip hop and 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 R&B yeah. has just been watered down and and 
dashed away, you know, just like mm-hmm. product cycle. Okay, take and dispose, you know. Reggae has mm. always kept its 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 soul in terms of what it was intended to mean and in the beginning and where it is now, you know. Um and it hasn't been commercially explored and it's harder to access because it's a harder genre of music to do. Not everybody can sing reggae music, you know? It's mm. not only like, you know, the patois mm, or whatever. It's 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 the, the the way that the rhythm falls and the way that you know, the way that the drops happen and the inflections mm. and this and the whole idea of spaces in between. It's like it's that literal space in between the beats. I mean, reggae is, you know, all the emphasis is on the, you know, mm. on check check it's all it's, it's yeah, the opposite yeah, yeah. of where you know you're it's a po- supposed to be in western music or whatever you know so yeah i just yeah. had to i just really took my time with it and um i work mm. with a producer in montreal who i respect very much who really comes from the punky roots rock reggae tradition um mm. which which is what the, the the reggae scene in England was like, you know, in the in the in the sixties yeah, yeah. and seventies, you know, that hybrid between like the anti-fascist punk rockers and the, the spiritual mm-hmm. um the spiritual eye from Jamaica and and how they were able to merge punk and rock and reggae to really bring reggae to an international forum. I mean, Bob Marley is the one who did it as as the face, but all the collaborators mm-hmm. behind him. These are this this was the worlds. These are the worlds that 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 uh, brought reggae music. These were the people who brought uh, reggae music to the world. So I wanted yeah, yeah. to do something in that, tr- that tradition of, of exported reggae or, you know, fusion reggae, the same tradition that Maxi Priest follows, you know, um, mm. I wanted to do that properly. And it, t- it took a while. And uh, I'm very proud of that, that album. I mean, it's just, just over a year old and people yeah. are hearing it for the first time and like, wow, Okay, I'm, how did I miss mm-hmm. this? What, what's happening? Um, and I recorded the, lob, li- the album again, completely live to tape. We did it like old school, yeah, like yeah. ABC Studios. We went into the studios with a 10-piece band, run the tune, record it. Oh, no. Okay, yeah, let's yeah. do the whole tune over again. And then we did it again and just did it the way that it was intended to be done, mm-hmm. you know, from the very beginning yeah, in yeah. the 50s and 60s. The right you know? way. That's it, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, so yeah. that's where it was with spaces in between. And and how did the um the collaboration with Maxi Priest, how did that come about? I mean, that was um that was a a really great connection that I got through um one of my brethren in, in New York, Brian, who um he said, you know, you know, this would be the right the right fit and I'm gonna try to reach out to Maxi Priest and I'm gonna play him your album Spaces in Between. And I said, you know, mm-hmm. Brian, send an album, any song that Maxi Priest wants to touch yeah yeah i gotta do it you know because you know <laughs> and and he 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 chose babylon is falling and um mm-hmm. and uh we 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 linked up in new york and we uh we wrote it and recorded it together and then since mm-hmm. then we've you know we've been in touch you know we also did a song with itana right yeah. um yeah, and that was a great song too, and that was really like um, you know old time ska lovers lovers rock type of mm. type of vibe, yeah. and you know she's amazing as well too. So yeah, it's, it was it was quite a project, you know, quite a project. Yeah, and you shot you shot um, Savannah the the video the, for, for Savannah. Oh, that was in Savannah Lamar in Westmoreland, Jamaica. Yeah, so, so yeah. Sav is um, they call it Sav, but Sav is. Yeah. Um, 
Sav is uh, basically that's where Peter Tosh is from. Peter Tosh is from mm-hmm. Petersfield, which is just like outside of of, of Sav Lamar. Um, yeah, and uh, that's where my my mother is from. She's from she's from yeah. there. So I went, you know, to our to as ancestral <laughs> home as as we can identify. And I went there and I and I recorded it. And it was a great team. Um, my wife was there. She was working on the project as well. She did, um, you know, the, the staging, um, hair, makeup, okay. costume design and logistics. And then I had a team we brought down to um, two videographers from Montreal and we got two videographers mm-hmm. from Jamaica um, and our whole marketing team was there. And we had in a week we, sh- we shot like four music videos and then wow, we put okay. we, we put them out over time and, and step with Tough Gang uh, International, which is the distributor of the project. Yeah, because I was going to say, I think if I've got this correct as well, you recorded the album before the approach was made to Tough Gong, I think, right? That's right, so, yeah. Um, yeah, what was that connection like? And, and obviously, how did that link up come about? There's no connection, no link up, no crazy story. We literally sent a cold email. We're just like, oh, would you like to, you know, would you like to uh, distribute this album or we'd like to work together or whatever? Mm. And then the first email we got back was like, Oh no, sorry, we don't take unsolicited, you know, requests. And I was like, all right. Mm. You know, I told my manager, I was like, yeah, I see it doesn't work like that. You know? <laughs> and then, and then they sent an email back being like, hold on, let's listen to this and we'll get back to you shortly. Mm. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And then literally three days later, like, all right, here's a version of the, uh, the first draft of the uh, agreement. Uh, we'd like to work with you. Let's open up a dialogue and a conversation. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the story end to end, you know? Yeah. And it's been received really well. Yeah. It's been critically received very well, man. Yeah. It's been really critically received well. And, 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 you know, I was supposed to be on tour last year, um, with some amazing people. Um, you know some legends in in the reggae um, game. I won't you know, I won't name drop because you can't name drop things that never really happened. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, definitely I was supposed to be touring with Max and maybe do a little something with Etana. But mm. and and there's others, you know, other things in California and in the south of the U.S. and stuff. But you know, it it didn't it, it couldn't um it couldn't uh, materialize. Um, yeah, the live streams. I noticed you've done a few. Live street live streams, um, obviously because of the the COVID situation that we're in at the moment. Um, yeah, so how are you, how are you gonna? How, how, is that more more is that gonna happen, or are you gonna be? Yeah, I mean now? that's a, that's a great question. So um, the live streams, I mean, we had to pivot and figure out a new formula. So there's gonna be a more live streams, but mm-hmm. um, part of that is I'm going to uh, be breaking some new music online to just. Um, a few people at a time. So like for the live album, uh, spaces in between live, which we're going to call live in between or live in between. Ah, Um, um, I'm going to, uh, do a closed zoom or a closed Google meet with a hundred people who get to listen to it just one time back to back. Um, so you're invited. Um, you have to bring 10 (laughs) of your brethren and your sister and you have to bring 10 of them. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll listen to it. So there's that. There's going to be live li- like group listening sessions for one. Um, mm-hmm. Man, I would love to tour England again. I did it. I did it t- two times. I, I did a tour in England, but I'd love to do it. Um, and then we're going to do um, just more live performances um, and mm-hmm. ramp up the the amount of content that I'm doing. I just I shot a music video last week. Uh, we're shooting more. We have a lot of video in the bank, which is I'm I'm grateful for. So more editing, more content. Mm-hmm. 
and and generally you know more more live streaming um that i think that's what yeah. we have right now you know that's what that's what um yeah, the cards were dealt yeah 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 and i think that seems to be the the way that time is going hopefully we can get back to live music proper live music not, yeah. not for the internet but um listen John, jonathan it's been it's been amazing um talking to you Thank like you. I said, you're the first first overseas artist I've had, and, and like I said, I followed your journey from from start to to now, and I know it's only going to get better. This is only the start, so um, you know I'm looking forward to the new the new album, the new project. Um, I know you're sitting on a lot of music, so yeah. don't sit on it too long. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on, and obviously go and listen to Jonathan's music, um, all, all the music that's out there now. Spaces in between is the latest project. Um, we'll put links in the description, and you can follow us on ETTS Podcast. And thank you again, Jonathan, for coming on. Appreciate thank you for it. having me, and you know all the best to you and everybody. Keep your ear to the streets. You done know. All right, no, walk, bro, good. No, walk good, walk <laughs> good.